Welcome to the Master Your Genius Podcast with Keith Cornies. Listen in and learn as he coaches entrepreneurs to master their genius. Here's your host, Coach Keith. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? It's Coach Keith. Welcome to Master Your Genius, Episode 7 with Dan Loney. This is a good one, guys. Dan is a very, very successful man. You'll hear from his resume as we get started in the uh, podcast. What we're going to cover today is how you need to put risk in your business, why that's important, how you deal with the stress of that. Also, what we're going to talk about is how Dan defined his North Star, which is how he got his direction, which gave his life meaning, purpose, so he could get where he needs to get to. And then at the end, there's also a takeaway for you leaders out there working with teams about his talking notes, what he does to make sure his communication is very precise, clean, and clear, especially nowadays in 2020 when communication has to be of its best. So this is a great episode. Make sure you guys subscribe to my YouTube account or download the podcast, Master Your Genius. We're just looking to make everyone a little bit better and have their best life. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's Coach Keith here with Dan Loney. Dan, say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Dan's my puppet. Dan, say hi. <laughs> wow. Pretty honored to be here today. Very humbled. Uh, Dan Loney is a good friend of mine. Also, as far as entrepreneurs go, you know, there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a salesperson. A salesperson, you know, basically, if you're self-employed, you work, and then when you retire, you have nothing to sell. You see this a lot, Dan. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur ends up with a business that he can sell to somebody to carry on or take forth. So Dan's business, that one of his businesses that he's in is Loney Financial. And Dan, you were saying that Loney Financial was, it's in the Wealth Professional Hall of Fame. Only two people in British Columbia and maybe 10 overall in Canada are in that Mm -hmm. for your company. And also you've received an excellence award. What was that one about for? That was the uh, excellence award given by Manulife to one of 30,000 advisors, but uh, that was in 2010. They started that inaugural uh, award for uh, professional criteria and basically philanthropy. Well, we're kind of on that, that, yeah, philanthropy, which we'll get to, which I love about you. Mm-hmm. So let's also just do a little bit more bragging here so that people have some good quality understanding of the man that's sitting here with mm-hmm. me. So you sat on the board of directors for Manulife as an advisor. Mm-hmm. You did two boards there, but mm-hmm. the one that I'm really impressed with is the board called Focus on the Family. Right. And Focus on the Family is not some small operation, is it? No. Focus on the Family was started by Dr. Dobson in the U.S. back in the 70s. And the U.S. organization will reach $150, $200 million that that run through there every year to support the initiatives of supporting families. And in Canada, we're probably anywhere from 9 to $12 million, depending on donations per year. So Mm -hmm. it's quite an operation. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, you're invited to fly all over the world and speak for these people as well. you got some great stories Mm -hmm. because Dan is very philanthropic. He has a venture he calls James Project. James Project. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's that's an interesting story. I was asked to go to Guatemala for a client. I do consulting, business consulting, and I refused to go four times. I said to the client, no, I'm not going. And he's a friend of mine. Just like I refused you four times. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And And I finally, I really interesting thing happened. I have this crazy bucket left bucket list. My wife knows about my bucket list and how that um, I see things in the world and I think, well, why not have dinner with Chuck Norris? Why not you know, do these crazy <laughs> things Norris. that I've done in my life? Why not spend a day with Schwarzenegger yeah, and yeah. things like that? So I said to this client of mine, I said, no, I don't want to go to Guatemala for this two-hour meeting because they shoot people down there, right? <laughs> so what happened was I was watching television oh, and I saw, I think it was a prelim for the World Cup in soccer. 
and they were in Belgium, and there, this game was all the these riots and riot police and flares and barbed wire fence and all that. And I thought, you know, that's what I something I want to put on my bucket list. I want to go to a soccer game, international soccer game, where there's that kind of passion. That's crazy. So I, I don't even want to go. Close well, to it's that. kind of like running to the bulls or something <laughs> like that. For, for, for me, thanks, it was but a, no thanks. <clears throat> there was a soccer game. So I said to my clients, said, "Well, do they have those soccer games in Guatemala with the barbed wire fence and the riot police?" And he goes, "Oh yeah." He says, "I." I said, "Here's the deal." You get me into that soccer game, and I'll go to your two-hour meeting in Guatemala. He said, done. So the night before we left, my wife said – I said to my wife in the kitchen, I said, honey, I'd, I'm lamenting this decision. Why am I going to Guatemala for a two-hour meeting? She says, honey, when you get there, God will reveal to you why you're there, right? She says, but come here. I want to show you something. Well, let's introduce Joy real quick. <clears throat> yeah. So Dan's been married to Joy for how long? I think it's 42 years now, yeah. And Danny, how many of your own children do you have? We have five biological children. And how many adopted children have you raised in uh, your home? Uh, well, between – all together, the way I phrase it is we birth, adopted, and raised 33. <laughs> 33 altogether. children yeah. in his house. Yeah. And these are not the easiest of easiest children to raise, are they? Well, a lot I, of them are born with the yeah, – they start out with some challenges. There are, most of all of our adopted children are drug babies and mm-hmm. come from mothers in addiction. And they're just – the mothers are not able to care for them. So my wife is like this amazing – Mother wo- Teresa of oh, – Raising children. She's the, the baby whisperer. Yeah, she amazing. just understands children. Good and, sidebar. Yeah. So that's Joy. That's another part of Dan I wanted to get out, which is which is really impressive because I have two children and, you know, I don't have as much gray hair, though. But, no. you, <laughs> but you're a little older than me, too. So, uh, okay, so continue on. You're in Guatemala. You're going to the game. What happened in there? Yeah, well, the night before I left, she takes me in the living room and shows me this suitcase and says, honey, I, since you're going to Guatemala, I bought this suitcase and it's uh, filled with $300 full of toys and dolls and things like that. She says, I want you to take this to an orphanage. So now, you know, I'm a checklist guy. I got okay yeah, yeah, consulting. Yeah. I got soccer game. I got this. Bought by orphanage. Yeah, drop. So we get to Guatemala, sit in the two-hour meeting. My client gets the contract that he was looking for, so he was successful in that. And then I went to the soccer game, which is a whole other story. I mean, that's a story in itself, the soccer game. It was crazy. One small part, I said to my driver, when the riot police started to come out, I said, why, what's going on? There's nothing happening here. Why we need riot police? She says, oh, senor, we're down to nothing. There's going to be trouble. <laughs> All of a sudden, I thought, well, maybe my idea wasn't such a great idea. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I asked for help. I said, I have this suitcase, and could um, they help me find an orphanage to drop? And so they had a lady pick me up. Drove me to this house in Guatemala City. It wasn't an orphanage, but it was a woman from Montana, Mother Carol, who had seen the plight of homeless little girls on the street. And there's there's 20,000 homeless children in Guatemala. That's crazy. So she took in a little girl and another little girl. By the time I'd met her, she had taken in 22 little girls. So I was told this story driving to this house in Guatemala. Well. You know, I had my day planned. I was going to drop this bag off and go back to the hotel for a workout so yeah. I'm a better hockey player on the ice with you, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, And then I was going to have a swim and a massage and a steak dinner, and that was it. And uh, yeah, Hard life. Yeah, it's tough, you know. <laughs> Some of us must suffer, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. So you take the toys to the orphanage. You donate there. That's like handing out Christmas oh. to everybody. But tell me the story yeah. about what really made the James Project come to fruition. You were with this guy. You're walking through the town. This little boy comes up. And he wants to sell you some stuff. What happened, long story short, I gave out the toys just yep. like you said. Yep. 
Not life changing. It was wonderful. Have uh, it's life changing for them. For them, <laughs> Not for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But to have little girls squeal sure. over a doll or, or sunglasses or something like that. But what happened the next hour? Drop kicked me, blindsided me, Keith. As a man, I had never in my life even thought about a six-year-old girl in prostitution. Yeah. This is 2005. Unbelievable. All right? Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm a hockey player. I literally said to her at one point to Mama Carol, I said. Why don't men just grab some baseball bats and go after these guys yeah. and stop this? And and with these sad eyes, Mama Carol looked at me and said, Dan, you don't get it. Like most of these girls were put in prostitution by their mothers. Yeah. It's a cycle, right? Yeah. So I went back to my hotel that night and I was crushed. I'm not ashamed to tell you. I wept. I, I don't think I had wept in 30 years, cried in 30 years, you know. This just crushed me mm-hmm. and I phoned my wife and— and I went home, and, and the story has to go back now 35 years because when I was 13 years old, my father came in on a Saturday morning, sat on the edge of my bed and talked to me, and he said, son, I'm going to sell my company. And he had one of the top five most successful electrical companies in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. Obviously, business is in your mindset because your dad was successful. You're very successful. I mean, you know, maybe nature versus nurture, who knows, or just yeah. the, the watching your father as a mentor. But anyways, either way, just want to bring that to the forefront because we are going to get to the business aspect of this as well. Yeah. So, so, so dad said, son, I think I'm going to sell my company, big U.S. Uh, corporation, and wanted to buy them. And, uh, and I said, dad, what are you going to do? And I'm 13, right? What do I know? And he says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something else. I don't know. He says, but I'm going to do it with you. I said, really? And I said, well, what are we going to call the company? He says, well, J.R. Loney and Son, because my dad's name was James Ralph Loney. And then he said, you know what we're going to do, son? We're going to build an orphanage for children. No way. Yeah. And I, wow. and I just, I thought, okay. And on Saturday morning, I'm waking up, right? And 13-year-old kid, orphanage, yeah. looked it up in the dictionary. Yeah. Taking, <laughs> what does so, orphanage even mean? So <clears throat> dad walks out. And it was the strangest thing. It was so it's so crystal clear burned in my brain. A year later, my father's corporate aircraft hits a mountain. He's killed. Everybody on board is killed. Tragic accident. Wow. I'm a 14-year-old kid. We lived on the English Bluff in Tawasa, and I sat on the, a stump on the cliff overlooking the ferries, and I thought, you know, my dad's gone, but his dream was to build an orphanage for children. So... I'm going to keep that dream alive. Wow. And what the plan was for me, you know, I'm naive, right? I'm 14 years old, was to work all my life at a job and then uh, sell my house, take that money, build a house for kids, and I would live in an apartment somewhere, mm. right? When I married Joyce, she was 18. I said, well, by the you way. You mean the I, plan changed? Yeah, you'll see. I think, I think that's a good note here. Like yeah. you can come out with a great dream and a plan, and as you go through it, yeah. it changes. It can become bigger. It become better. I mean, that's the point of dreaming, right? Like, you know, Dan also runs Loney Leadership in which mm-hmm. I facilitate some meetings with you. Mm-hmm. And the big part of Loney leadership is, is follow the star. And the star, you know, it's, we're not going to get into that today. But yeah. the truth is, is giving yourself vision, purpose, meaning, responsibility by having that dream, you know, ends up driving somebody that just wants to sell his house and buy a condo to being and operating a massive, successfully business and then starting another business. So you're sitting on the stump, you look out, you have this, okay, I'm going to do this. You kind of create this plan. You start to move forward. Somewhere between 13 and 20, Danny gets off path. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) We'll Well, just make that a real short story in case the police are listening. (laughs) Yeah, teenager. I mean, it's unbelievable. I end up, 
you know, basically living with bikers in Surrey. And, you know, I come from a, a great home, great upbringing, yeah, business yeah. family. And now my whole life is just if I got a Harley and, uh, you know, 10 bucks in my pocket. And uh, Well, I can imagine at 13 losing your father would have an impact sociologically and also like mentally, you know. You know, who knows where we go at that? I mean, the truth is, is we don't know the path that life's going to put us on. And, you know, you get this dream and you start heading there and all of a sudden there's a bump in the road or a big bump where you lose your father and then you're off in another direction, right? Yeah. And it's like, if anybody's listening out there and you're a mentor, like help these young people out, like, holy yeah. cow. Like, I mean, if, if there's any generations that need it more, it's, it's the one we're in now where if you're a mentor, if you're in a position of, you know, some wisdom in your life, you feel like you're taking the knowledge you have and applying it properly, get out there and make a difference. Volunteer, help some of these young people out, mm-hmm. give them direction. Because you can imagine if, you know, and, and you went on your journey, which is great. So you went down that side path. Mm-hmm. Then you had that moment. You can talk about that moment where you came out of that. Yeah, I think, you know, some people say they found God. I think God found me. Mm-hmm. You know, really, um, I wasn't looking for any spiritual experience or anything like that. But I had a life-changing event where I had three questions. And, and it was simply, uh, do you believe in God? And I said, yeah, I, you know, I don't have the faith to believe in evolution and all that, that we just kind of – and I'm not being disrespectful to the people that do, but I just don't have that much faith to believe that we – Well, okay. you know, for how, I'll preface this. Yeah. Dan is a, a sheep in wolf's clothing. He yeah. would sit in our dressing room with a bunch of rough guys, and he wouldn't peddle or, you know, he wouldn't push your opinion or your beliefs. He would just hang out with us, and it was great. We traveled to Germany, and and in, inside is this, you know, this sheep who thinks, like, maybe I'll, I'll guide these guys the right way one day. And <laughs> And it's funny because I always say that about you because you're one of the best guys when it comes down to faith and and religion is is if you want to talk about it, you talk about it. And if you don't, you don't. So yeah. I hope everyone out there really listens to this so they see how you got direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe people are lost out there or they can't get focused because they have lack of direction. And I don't care how they find their direction. I just want them to get focused, right? Yeah. So go ahead and continue on there. Well, I, you know, the three questions that came to me and, and really in a drunken stupor mm-hmm. that night mm-hmm. were, you know, do you believe in God? And I said, yeah, I do. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? And I had to think about that for mm-hmm. a while. I thought, well, I was influenced because I was sent to Sunday school and things mm-hmm. like that. But I thought, no, I'd be a barefaced liar if I, if I didn't. And then the third question is, well, then why are you living this way? Mm-hmm. Right? I knew that people— What a great cognitive process, taking you out of the situation being, you know, maybe it was the drunkenness. I had those deep thoughts too, you know, with, with Bill Morrison late at night. But it's like, you know, it's that— thought process that we go into that challenges us. And I love how you say it's like, I couldn't lie to myself. I had to say yes to that. It's those yes or no moments that actually define us instead of this ambiguity, this indecisiveness, which is the thief of success and joy and everything, right? So you have that conversation. It's going on in your head. And then essentially I made a deal with God. I said, I don't like my life where it's going. I'm probably going to die, mm-hmm. you know, if I keep living this way. And uh, I'm going to make a deal. You change my life in the next three weeks. And if you if you do, then I will serve you the rest of my life. And that was a, entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that has really led me through the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I am, to this day, devout in my beliefs and my love for God and just trying to find my way like everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. life has, mm-hmm. I mean, we got 33 kids in your life. Are you, are you kidding me? The yeah. How do I get to the have? airport? How do I fly to mm. Guatemala? How do I fly to... Oh, all of these <laughs> Try to find your way. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. So yeah. that sounds to me like your aha moment, you know, yeah. and then it was proven to you because down the road there, Dan had an experience that just, just kind of nailed it for him. So let's go forward now. So 
Would you say that is the one thing? What did, What is it that you learned about yourself then, you know, and then change transitioning, being where you are now? What, what was one of the things that you learned that was major in you going forward and accomplishing what you've accomplished? Well, I think that, you know, as we teach in Lonely Leadership, that your North Star determines everything, mm-hmm. right? And, and we, we ask people, what is your North Star? You know, if it, if it's God or your own personal beliefs or, or a different religion, whatever, Purpose, it's going to family. fashion everything, frame everything about why you do what you do, right? So, you know, we just, uh, in my life, it's to, it's to honor God and everything that I do to leave nothing on the ice, Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. I love that. That's, that's my core values, right? Like now you're talking about discipline and commitment. And so now you got the North star, you got direction, you're not leaving anything on the ice. What was the hardest thing for you to change? Like what was hard, like an old programming that you had, like a thought process that was hard to change to have that belief to move forward. Like, you know, I, I remember my experiences, my coach took me into a vision and I saw myself hanging by a branch on a cliff, very dramatic as I am. And (laughs) <laughs> she says, okay. So I said, I can't let go. You know, everyone yeah. says that let go, God's going to catch you or let go, you know? And yeah. I was like, no, I can't, I'm going to fall down on the rocks. And then one vision, like, I don't know, maybe five years later doing the work, she said, let go. And when I let go, I just dropped and hit concrete. Like I just was only an inch off the ground. I was like, oh, wow, it's not that bad. So having mm-hmm. faith or having a belief in something, because mm-hmm. I was always in control of everything. I was a master of my my mm-hmm. destiny. So mm-hmm. that control limited my success, by the way, mm-hmm. drastically. Mm-hmm. That day that I let go and realized mm-hmm. that I got to have faith or I got to have belief in whatever it is in God, or if it's going to be, for me, it was, I decided to call it purpose and purpose gave me drive. And my purpose was to keep my family together when I was going through the drama in our marriage. And so all of a sudden I had focus on my family and then all of a sudden I became a warrior and then I started just working hard and doing the right things in the right direction all the time because it actually gives you a backbone to make the decision. Mm-hmm. So you find, you know, you find God, you, you commit to this. What was the hardest part for you to change? You know, there's a scripture that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. My synonym for the word faith is risk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I love that. So I had to risk. Wow. I now had to live my life. If And I ask myself today, Dan Loney, where's the risk in your life? Wow. If there's Good. no risk in so your challenge, life. It's a challenge, hey? Yeah. So that uh, constant challenge. Yeah. Wow. I, I, oh. And by so, the way, yeah, yeah, by I the way, because we're on the radio, you're my hero. You know why? <laughs> because I was your friend through all of that when you went through that thing with your marriage. And to all the guys out there that watch this and all the women that watch out there, your marriage is worth saving. Your marriage is worth oh, yeah. investing in. Your marriage is worth... If you come so, through the other side, yeah, you know, sure. the juice is there, man. I tell you, I'm just so blessed that I made it through that time. It was tough. And we uh, all go sure. through those ups and downs, right? I mean, not to the extreme that you went through it, but mm-hmm. you're my hero because... Your back was against the wall. You fought back from that to where you have a wonderful family today. Well, with focus, I can put the energy in the right direction. Yeah. Right? The energy in the wrong direction destructs stuff. So it's funny because it's like you talk about risk and faith. And as a coach, I always tell my clients, like, you need to expand. You need to take risk in your business. Sometimes you're going to have to invest your money in something that you don't know is going to work out for sure and follow that idea. And a lot of my clients have invested that money, followed that idea, and it's come back tenfold. Yeah. And I always make them know that you have to have the belief that what you're investing in could work mm-hmm. 100%. Don't, mm-hmm. don't go in half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have faith that you can execute it. 
mm-hmm. right? And you don't ever feel you're alone because you're with God. I know we've had these conversations. Yeah. So when you go to have faith to execute, you just kind of like give it up. You just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's go for it. And you go and you execute it. And we're sitting here with a guy that has multiple businesses that, you know, I mean, financially is is doing wonderful things in the world, giving back. So you understand the learning that you had is that you had this faith, the opposite of faith was risk, and your learning was, I had to apply risk. What were the mm-hmm. obstacles that started out, first of all, when you were applying that risk? Well, you, one of the things that you realize in life to do th- good things, you have, to, you have to decide and ask yourself, am I all in? Oh, yeah. Because Ain't that the truth? No plan B, man. No plan B. It's yeah. like burn the ships on the shore. Are yeah. you all Are in? Are you and, all in? And, Great and, statement. And, and I think in leadership, that also demonstrates to, to others that you're all in. Well, if, if a leader's not all mm-hmm. in, you're not right. getting followers. Right. Like, you know, I always say that, you know, you can have something really good and it only takes something very small to ruin it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So as yeah. soon as, like, you can have confidence, but as soon as you have that little bit of self-doubt, confidence is gone. It's the fly in the soup. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, you focus on the fly, not the soup. Yeah. Right, exactly. So what I find with people is, is they say they're all in, but they're not. And I've, I've coached people that have had a plan B. Like, if this doesn't work out, like realtors, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to go to another job. I'm like, let that go. Go cancel it. Go burn that bridge. Go tell yeah. them, you know, you guys are losers. I ain't coming back. Yeah. If you don't have that commitment, that all-in commitment, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you learned that you had to be all in mm-hmm. and you had to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And the obstacles that got in the way would have been self-doubt and what would have been your obstacles well, earlier? Well, fear is a, is a huge thing that, you know, the, the voices in your head that say, well, if you don't succeed, you got, and at the time when I started the financial industry, I had five little kids, yeah. right? And, and uh, you had to go door to door, knock to knock, get in those kitchens. Sell well, that, sell I actually stuff. didn't do. I didn't do that. I didn't do the door to door thing. But I played in a lot of hockey teams <laughs> <laughs> and got a and, lot of good connections. Got, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. be in the community, be out yeah. there, be congruent, give your you know gift, your job to the people, yeah. and they will come to you. Right. So, yeah. do you still have fear today? No, not much. I mean, sometimes I have to address it. You know that. that yeah, yeah. You have fear today. You yeah. have to address it. You so have to address it. The answer it. is yeah. yes. I have fear because we yeah. always have fear. Yeah. What do you think right now is a dominant fear that you might have that you're addressing and, and doing the work around? Well, the one one concern that when I talk to my mentors, I'm 63, but mm-hmm. I have mentors in my life that are in their 70s, and one of my mentors who built a six billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. We had lunch yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said, "Dan, I'm just a little concerned that." You're not doing too much, you know that the, mm. every that are, you know all the you, c- you can only roll so many tires, right? Mm-hmm. And that uh, everything is in control, and it is in control. And we discussed my operational methods and how I handle everything. Mm-hmm. And he was happy with that, but he saw all the things that was I'm he doing. worried that you wouldn't make money in the businesses or that you would burn out trying to do too many that things? I would burn out. Yeah. He was worried about you personally. Personally, yeah, uh, it's a good. It's good to have yeah. that guy in your corner. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have that guy in your corner. Okay, so. You learned that, you know, you got your faith, which was awesome, and mm-hmm. then you realized the opposite of that was risk. So you're always taking these risks. You do have these fears. That was him telling mm-hmm. you his fear. What's your fear that you're facing? What is my fear? There's, there's you're not- starting a new business with Amy. Shout yeah. out to Amy. But you're yeah. starting a new business with Amy and Lonely Leadership, which, which I'm working with you in, and yeah. you're investing some good time and money into that yeah. to build that business. Yeah. And that's a business that uh, you uh, have a great relationship with Bob Beal, uh, yeah. excellent leader, psychologist, instructor, master, and master in the States. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So do you have any fear around that? Yeah. And I would morph the word from fear to concern. 
is that I whatever I'll, makes you feel comfortable, Dan. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that fits a little bit better than fear. You know what I love to do, Danny? I I just love to call it what it is. Yeah, for sure. I just love to say I was talking with someone the other day. I was helping a, a young man that I'm coaching, and he's in trouble with his marriage. I had a really bad temper. Danny knows I was a little bit of a violent guy. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I've completely switched that. Right. So this young guy's sitting down there, and he's like, and I go, "So what's going on?" He kind of goes, "Well, you know." Uh, I go, what, what's going on? Well, you know, I kind of, I lose my cool sometimes. I go, do you have a temper? And he goes, well, you know, and I go, look at yeah. me and just tell me you have a temper. You have to say, I have a temper so you can now fix yeah. that temper. You know, you can't wishy-washy around it. Yeah. Like when I said, I have a temper and I want to fix it, now I can fix it. But if I pretend I don't have it or I'm kind of ambiguous about it, uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So fear or concern, you know, it doesn't matter to me. If you call it a fear, then you can go to faith. Mm-hmm. Right, but if you call mm-hmm. it a concern, you don't go to faith. <clears throat> well, when I think about fear, is a freeze. You know, yeah. it freezes you from what you're going. And a concern, in, in in my mind, I think, well, you know, it's there. You're aware that it's mm-hmm. there, but you have faith that the outcome is. So, what's be that concern better. for you? <clears throat> well, th- number one, that I, I have such an amazing mentor in my life, Bob Beal, who just uh, took me on 15 years ago and then took an interest in me. We, you know, we went from a professional relationship. This is a man is 42 years of consulting to f- over 500 presidents of U.S. corporations and organizations. Yeah, he's got an amazing business. Brilliant, brilliant. And that we went professional. You What's know, he you, doing with you, you, hey? Yeah, well, you know, you can hire Bob out at $10,000 a day, right? Yeah. He's that kind of a consultant. But our professional relationship, we hired him to do consulting yeah. for our company. Then it morphed into a friendship. Then our wives become friends. And mm-hmm. look out, when your wives become friends, then it's it's over. <laughs> you know, it's cemented. And, and then it morphed into a uh, mentor-protege relationship because I boldly say I'm the number one Bob Beal disciple in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I work through his materials. I understand them. They resonate. Applied them. Yeah, they applied. And the thing that I love that, that Bob is a master at, he takes complexity and brings it down to simple Simplicity. solutions yeah. that just are powerful. So yeah, I, I want to honor that. He's yeah. 76. I want to honor that. So your that. concern is well, that, that you're not going to be able do, to honor that. With that, we do a great job in, in honoring the material and teaching others and affecting people's lives and making other people's lives better. So mm-hmm. that that I, I want to do that. You know, I Good. look at the Don Cherry thing. Let's sure. talk about that. You know, here's a <laughs> here's a man that we've all Before yep. we go there and yep. I'll come back to that I promise. Yep. What's your opposite of concern? If you're not concerned about something, you are my opposite of concern comfortable. Okay. Yeah. So what do you need to become comfortable with as you move forward so you can honor the legacy of Bob Beale? I think it's to focus on the plan, the steps. And, and you know, stress is... Uh, the defocus Is the indecision, right? So yeah. stress is an indecision or, or lack of control. Those are two things that we teach at Lonely Leadership. So right now, everything is in my control about the plan and mm-hmm. how we're walking through it. If there is any stress or concern, it would come if we have indecision about a next move here or there. What do you need to let go of to move forward to have that success? So you go back to when you found God, you had that faith, right? Mm -hmm. From faith comes risk. Now you love that risk. You move forward with that risk. So Mm -hmm. here you are now, and you're in one of the biggest risks of all. Your mentor, you're the number one disciple. Mm -hmm. You're moving forward with his business model, and he's given you that that trust and power, right? Sure. So what do you got to let go of so that you can perform 100%? I don't want you going in the corners looking over your shoulder. Right. Right? So what do you have to let go of? You know, just create... 
ideally, long term, what's the best solution? What's the best outcome to focus on? Good. That? Do you what have that? It? I do. Awesome. Absolutely. So you're going to let go of yeah. the short term concerns yeah. about ruining the legacy of Bob, which yeah. is powerful. Like that would be a defocuser that mm-hmm. would derail a company mm-hmm. instead of going forward. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to derail someone's focus. Emotional states of mind are seven to 10 times more powerful than the positive state of mind. Oh, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. It's going to work out. And then the back corner, it's like, well, what if I don't make this work? Or So what I think you should do is, is honestly, just as your coach, a little bit of advice is call up Bob and have a conversation with him around this. Yeah. So you can clean it up real clean and he, and he can give you some great advice and then you can move forward 150%. And we've done that. We've uh, had events in that where he's just yeah, and, you, and not only on him one. but his You one on one with him yeah, yeah. having that convo. Where where he he's very very happy the way things oh, are going. Absolutely. Like he's That's so, what you have to acknowledge. Yeah. And his wife, which yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like Bob speaks to my head, yeah. Cheryl speaks to my heart. Yeah. And she's very happy. So just so, acknowledge that. Acknowledge yeah. that they've given you the blessing. Let's get back to Don Cherry. Yeah. Go for it. Well, I did, my, my comment was, you know, in respect to my relationship with Bob and that you want to honor people. And with Don, I think he's a great guy. He's an awesome guy. I think people, you know, took things out of context, really. Now, I don't want to go down that line. My point is, is that... You can go along in life and then something can happen. Yeah, you can make one decision that ruins your whole legacy. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But the truth is, his legacy is not ruined. The truth is, is, you know, his legacy is not ruined. Basically what it is, is it's tarnished and he's leaving on a bad note. The work that he's done with Tim Hortons, kids, kids hockey, there's people out there whose lives are touched that would defend him to the bitter end. Yeah, for sure. In 2020, as you working with Loney Leadership, as me working with you and AIM Coaching and, you know, my whole podcast is about mastering your genius so that yeah. one day you don't make that mistake. Yeah. Yet you don't want to be so politically correct and fearful that you don't step out and take the risk you need to approach what you want, Right. right. And, you know, I mean, there's people in Britain, you know, our our time's coming to an end here, Danny, but for the video portion of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say thanks for sharing all those details about your life. And and, uh, all I know is, is that if anybody out there can take anything from this conversation to take risk, to have faith, to find your North Star, Mm -hmm. to, you know, really be focused and committed to that North Star, make those decisions based on that, do the hard things in life. Right, and I would add just one thing, Keith. Don't give up on your dream. If, if there's a dream in your heart, even as a child, never give up on it. It took me 35 years to, for that dream to come true. And one day I'm standing in a 15-acre orphanage with 80, 100 kids, and yeah. and I realized dreams come true. Well, you, yeah, dreams come true when you have a plan and you put it into action. I like to say a dream becomes a reality when it's a plan, when it's a vision with a plan. And you so you risk. have the dream. You take and you make that a vision, which is completely yeah. different. And then you make the plan for it and you execute it and you'll make it happen. Yeah. So that's awesome. Thanks for your time today. My pleasure. Okay. So now for the radio portion of the group out there for the recorded version, let's <coughs> kind of get back on this. It's 2020. Yep. I have a 23-year-old son, 20-year-old daughter. Love love them dearly. Recently, I was uh, Amy had sent me something which was awesome, which was, you know, I was having a hard time seeing my value. And, and she's like, well, you got to see yourself through God's eyes. And she sent me this quote, which said, uh, I'm going to love you forever. It's 
simple. I'm your father. You're my son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I really like that. That just simplifies things. Mm-hmm. But it's 2020, politically correct. You're running businesses. We yep. are coaching leaders. Yep. Leaders are having a hard time with staff, with political mm-hmm. correctness, with safe spaces, with mm-hmm. all of these things that are changing so drastically. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Don Cherry can make a statement and make a comment like that and his career's done because the right thing for everyone to do was to get rid of him because they had tarnished their brand, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to be representative of anyone that is, you know, right. Is that is that opinionated? Yeah. So what advice do you give to leaders of companies that are struggling mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff? Well, I think in, in Don's uh, situation, I don't think Don ever changed. I think he's been consistent the whole way through. I mm-hmm. think Canada changed. I think the way that mm-hmm. we look at things and and millennials don't think the way the baby boomers think. I mean, we've had conversations, you know, our buddy Ryan Walter, we've talked about mm-hmm. that, about communication skills and methods of communication. And millennials don't want to really uh, talk on the phone like we do. They want to text and mm-hmm. all of that. So it's a changing world. I think leaders need to be aware of the changing world. I think they need to be aware of the sensitivities. But at the same time, it's... It's really a communication thing, yeah. right? So where Don ran into trouble was was in the communication mm-hmm. of his thoughts and ideas and those kind of things. And he said, had he do it over again, he'd just change a couple words. That's all. Mm-hmm. And there wouldn't be the problems that we see today. Yeah. So for leaders, it, you're, I think you want to be yourself. You want congruent. to be, you want to think about what you say. But you got to know who you are yeah. to be congruent. So yeah. hire a life coach. <laughs> yeah, hire a life coach. Said, well, Michael Jordan has a coach, right? Yeah. He's the best. Gretzky. Had I a can coach. change people's lives in three sessions. Yeah. You know, I can have them with a totally different outlook. Yeah. You know, my advice to leaders today is face to face conversations, get to know the human being on the other side. You know, every one of them has insecurities, flaws, you know, things that we have in ourselves that we can see in others. And then you have to become, you know, it's unfortunate, but you have to become a mentor. You have to become a coach. You have to become a leader with those ideals. And so take some coaching courses, take some mentorship courses, you know, get your depth of human Mm. interaction Mm -hmm. up, get your ability to communicate up become a professional communicator, become a professional leader. It's my number one thing. And to do that, you need to really understand yourself. The more you understand how your brain works, the more you understand how everyone else's brain works. And that's why my leadership program and also my coaching program always starts with your genius. Once you learn how your genius works, you'll learn how others' genius works, and you can then apply communication in a better way. Right. And you used a word, uh, Keith, strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important as a leader to have a strategy about your communication. So there's a technique that we teach called talking notes. So if I'm leading an organization and I want the people in my organization to understand what the story is, then I have to communicate that story to them and what the three – Ideally, three most positive highlights of the communication need to be so that everybody in the organization understands the story and, and you don't get different stories coming out or different versions. What did you call that? You called that the talking story? I'd call it the talking notes. And it's simply, here's three to seven points that we want our organization. So let's take Loney Financial you know, talk about the markets, what I feel the economy is happening, the interest rates is going on, what's going on in the real estate market. You know, we'll we'll talk about highlight points and say, here is our simple beliefs, what we what we see at this time, and here's what the notes are. And that needs to go to everybody. Yeah. So that if somebody's talking about me, it's the same. If they're talking to the succinct, customer service, succinct, the same. to the yes. point, simple, yeah. no yeah. room for error. Here's yeah. what we're saying. 
Yeah. Love it. And Love if it. your organization is bigger, then revise it every week. You know, it's whether it's every month or every week. Mm-hmm. Send that out to everybody and say, look, here's our seven talking points for this week. And we're not going to defer from that. We're not. This is what we established. These are our notes. And, and that's the message that we want to send out to people. Well, thanks, Danny. It's great. Thank you, Keith. Great seeing you. If you guys are interested, you can check this out on YouTube. It's going to be videoed if you're listening to the audio. We look forward to chatting with you again. So thanks for signing in to Master Your Genius, and we'll talk to everyone later. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Master Your Genius podcast. You can rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Master Your Genius 